Hey, campuses, great to have you join with us this morning. Uh, great! To, it's always good to have the family all together, all the way from Sydney through to, well, Tuvalu. One day they're going to join us as well. Kaitaia, Whangarei, City, Rotorua, and of course, West as well. I haven't forgotten anybody, have I? So I always worry that I'm going to leave someone else. But hey, welcome. Great to have you all with us today. Hey, just a quick report. As you know, I've been in uh, Cairo in Egypt. Uh, for a week, we did a, um, a, a leaders conference there and just had a terrific time. Thank you for all of you that prayed for us. Um, you know, there was a lot of healing took place, right? There was physical healings took place, which was amazing. But there was also emotional healing that took place. People set free of bitterness. Cool, eh? Unforgiveness, wouldn't you like that one? Um, there was spiritual healing. Uh, people caught the fire. By the end of the conference, all they were talking about was more fire, more fire, more fire. Give us more fire, God. Uh, and there was also relationship healings. Uh, two denominational heads reconciled during that conference and sorted out their differences to move forward in God. So it was, it was, it was a great time there. And uh, God was good to us. It was meant to be 35 during the day and 25 at night, but they said, while we're there, it all just cooled down for a few days. And then we headed off to the Gold Coast and we had six days of glorious sunshine. I was thinking of you guys back here, really, really praying for you. And, you know, as I was bathing in the sunshine, got a great tan out on the beach there as well, browned up nicely. Uh, The weather was great. And uh, we left on uh, when it was Friday or something. And then the forecast after that was for rain, though. They do forecast rain in the Gold Coast, but it virtually never turns up. But anyway, it was, it was a great time just chilling out and relaxing, but really spending some quality time with God. Really one of my main reasons for holidays is to just increase my connection with God, and I think I managed to do that. So it was great. So stand with me, please, because I know you're tired of sitting down. You know, isn't it easy, eh, when you sit down, you just fall asleep? I mean, it's just so easy, isn't it? I, I reckon the day is coming where you're going to all stand and I'm going to sit. (laughs) Who's ready for that? There's a few hands, a few hands gone up there. It would certainly keep you awake. You won't be able to come for your morning snooze. You'll have to stay home for that. Anyway, let's pray. You know, there's a phrase on my heart. And it's it's a phrase, it's this, the, the weight of divine presence, the weight of divine presence. How many of you are keen for that? When that comes, gosh, so much happens in our lives. It's just an amazing thing. Holy Spirit, we welcome you right now. And Lord, we pray for the weight of divine presence. Lord, just to settle upon this gathering on every person. That, Lord, we'd sense such a presence of God. As we've sung, fire and wind, come and do it again. That day of Pentecost, you came with divine, the weight of divine presence. The disciples would never be the same again and the world would be transformed by your awesome power. Holy Spirit, come 
we desperately need you. Touch our hearts afresh. Lord, this morning across every campus, meet with us, touch us, change us, speak to us. Let us experience your mighty presence. In Jesus' name we pray. Everyone said? Amen. Amen. Well, grab a seat, please. So, title of my message today is Life Hack. And some of you are probably wondering what on earth that is. I was wondering that myself until I found out. A life hack, hack is any shortcut or any skill that increases productivity and efficiency in all walks of life. So these appear on online. They come on online. You can look it up and they give you eye-watering methods or concepts or abilities of how to achieve great results with minimum effort. Wouldn't you like that? Extraordinary results with minimum efforts. The world's gone crazy on life hacks. The ring you can go online, search us out, you're gonna get something like 339 million results. The sad thing is most of them don't deliver what they promise, but we're a world obsessed with life hacks, with shortcuts, microwave results to get what we want easily and quickly. And we're raising a generation, including ours, I guess, as well, but more so, they just want a life hack. How can I get there quickly? And the danger is we lose the ability to put in the hard yards, to put in the, the necessary work and the patience and the waiting to get what we want in life. And what we need to understand is that's how life works. Life is not a life hack. It doesn't work that way. God doesn't work that way. You've got to put in the hard yards. You've got to put in the time. You've got to put in the effort. You've got to put in work. You've got to put in diligence. Let's get rid of the life hack because it doesn't work. The world will keep screaming at us that there is another life hack. How to make money quickly. You know, if you make money quickly, you're going to probably lose it quickly. It's, it doesn't work that way, friends. However, Having said all that, there is a life hack that really does work efficiently and produces results that are out of this world. It's not probably the easiest thing necessarily to do, but for the effort you put into it and the results you get from it, it is extraordinary. It is a life hack if you wanna call it that. And the results are amazing. I've used this life hack for over 40 years now. And I've seen God do the most incredible things. I've seen God do things in my life way beyond anything I ever expected, hoped for, imagined. It's taken my gifts and abilities way beyond my gifts and abilities so that God has done some incredible things in and through my life. I use this life hack every single day of my life and you probably already guessed what it is. If you haven't guessed what it is, the greatest and probably the only life hack that exists on planet Earth is a life hack of prayer. And it really does work. It really, really does work. And so we wanna talk a little bit about that today and hopefully inspire all of us to um, maybe just develop this area more than anything else, more than we have before. There's a great verse 
in uh, Luke 13, 11, there was a woman who had an infirmity 18 years, was bent over and could no way raise herself up. Got a recent testimony came through. I don't know if you've heard of it yet, but it's only fairly recent. Using this ultimate life hack. So there's a lady, and I understand she was in our church, and uh, she joined in that recent, remember a couple of weeks ago, we did three days of prayer and fasting, so she joined in on that. And she had suffered from sideways curvature of the spine for over 40 years, called scoliosis. And she uh, meant that her whole body was lopsided. I don't know which way it was, but lopsided. She had to bend one leg almost in half in order to be straight, balanced straight up. And anyway, she said that um, she was told at the age of 17 there was no cure. And I read her the words that I got of this. Today, I got up, that's a few weeks ago, I felt different. I walked differently. I didn't know why. I didn't feel the usual pain. I looked in the mirror and saw my hips were in perfect alignment. I could feel my spine go all the way straight down in a line. I fell to my knees and cried. I showed another person in the home and she started to cry as well. It reminds me of Luke chapter 11 of that woman with that infirmity, 18 years bent over. This was 40 years. God is moving in healing power. Remember we shared a few weeks ago of that lady with grade one, went to grade four cancer, went to the oncologist and discovered that the cancer in the lymph nodes and the lungs had completely disappeared and God was in the process of healing her spine as well. Prayer is the ultimate life hack. If you learn to do, use this, your life will be changed forever. And the more you learn to use it, the more God will do incredible and amazing things in your life. Prayer is the world's greatest wireless connection. Connects you directly with God. Wireless. You don't need to pick up a phone. You don't need a cell phone. You can anytime, any place, anywhere, 24-7, 24 hours a day, you have this wireless connection direct to the throne. And every one of us has got it. Every one of us have got this wireless connection. I just, the only question is, is how much do we use it? And I want to try and encourage you to use this. Someone, I heard this statement recently and really got my attention. And it was this. And they said that some Christians live like atheists. I thought, like, what? How can a Christian live like an atheist? Well, living like an atheist is if God is not essential to your daily life. So if you can go through the day, you don't have to pray in the morning. You don't have to pray about your job. You don't pray about work. You don't, you don't need to reach out to God during the day. In other words, God's not essential to life on a daily basis. That's how the atheists live. That's how atheists live. I don't need God. I don't need to spend time in prayer. I'm an atheist. <laughs> and it's easy as Christians to be the same, to live our lives as if God is not essential. And God's not necessary. 
I can get through today without God, get through this week without, I don't, I don't need to pray. Pastor, what are you talking about? Friends, that's how an atheist lives. And how easy it is to go through a day and virtually not acknowledge God or pray or ask for his help. Friends, let's not live like atheists. And sometimes I think, what must God think? We don't connect with him at, during the day. He must think, I'm right here. I'm here to help you. I'm the Holy Spirit. I'm the helper. Don't, don't leave me out of your day, please. Don't ignore me. Do not ignore me. I went to the cross for you. I died for you. I'll do anything for you. But you have not because you ask not. So, friends, tell, tell the person next to you, don't live like an atheist. <laughs> Come on, tell them a bit louder than that. They need to hear it. Don't live like an atheist. <laughs> it's too easy to do. So can I encourage you to develop this prayer life hack now? I believe this is a prophetic message. It's been on my heart for some time. Listen carefully. There are strong headwinds coming in your direction. Strong headwinds of adversity, of opposition, of struggle. You've been watching the papers recently. Start talking about Jesus and wow, anything can happen. The enemy's ramping up his attack. It's all prophesied. It's, you can find it all in this book, friends. And the time is now. Time is today to develop this life hack. You better learn to pray, folks. As pastor, I'm talking to you. You better learn to pray and you better learn to pray good because you are going to need it. You are going to need it to get through into the years that are ahead of us, to survive, to make it through and not lose our way in God. Do you know how most people backslide? The cause of backsliding? People first backslide in prayer, in private, before they backslide in public. Private first. Then you think, where's Johnny? What's happened to Johnny? I always pick on Johnny. Poor Johnny always gets picked on. But where's Johnny gone? Well, Johnny's disappeared. But Johnny disappeared long time before when he failed in his prayer room, when he failed in private in the closet. If I'm talking to you, if I'm talking to you and you're failing in private right now, if you're failing in your prayer closet right now, can I urge you in Jesus' name, do something about it. Do something about it now. Don't wait till tomorrow. Don't wait till next week. Don't wait till next year. Do something now. If, if you're hearing me, hear well. Online, in-house, across campuses, please. I'm urging you now as pastor. I'm preparing you for the days that are ahead. In fact, someone said to me recently, start pastor, start preaching. Prepare your people for severe persecution. Prepare them. Get them ready. So I'm trying to do my best to get you ready. If, you, if you're failing in the prayer closet, do something about it and do it now. Get it sorted out. The minimum you can do, come to the prayer meeting on Thursday night. If you can't do more than that, at least come to that. We're hoping to see a lot more start turning out. If you really want to get fired up, come to the revival prayer meeting as well. You know, this is something we need to address, I believe, with some urgency. You know, if you have a kettle or a jug, something's going to come on the screen. Don't know what they picked. 
that's not plugged in. Have we got something there, team? Yeah, here we go, microwave. All right, so you can't see any plug anywhere. So the thought is that if it's unplugged, how many of you know it's not gonna work? Is that right? <laughs> it's not gonna work. Well, it's very easy to live our Christian life unplugged. Not plugged into God. Not connected to God on a regular basis. And then our Christian life doesn't work and we struggle and we find it hard going. It's time to get plugged in. <laughs> it's time to get connected to the source. It's time to get connected to the power supply more than ever before. Tell the person next to you, it's time to get plugged in. <laughs> Such a good point, I'll drink to that. Okay, let's go to 1 Peter 5 verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Bad news. It's like our news every night, isn't it? It's all bad. <laughs> it's bad news. I've got bad news for you this morning. The devil's going around like a roaring lion and he's after you. Don't think he's just after me, folks. No, no, he's after you. Right now, he's tracking you down. He's following you around. He's setting you up. He's creating circumstances because he wants to get you. That's why so many Christians that were once in church no longer are. That's why so many got knocked out through COVID-19. Because the roaring lion got them. I was around like a roaring lion. And we've got to understand this is war, friends. This is a battle. This is not, this is not a playground. It's a battleground. <laughs> we're in the fight of our lives, folks. Our opposition is strong and we've got to fight our way through this. And the key way to fight through all of this is through, through prayer. And so what, one thing that amazes me, and I'm sure it amazes you today as well, is the fact that Jesus, God himself, had to pray so much. Hello? Does anyone understand that? Why would God have to pray so much? Well, because there was a roaring lion. You can read all about it when he was at 40 days praying and fasting, the enemy coming against him again and again and again and again to in some way devour him, knock him off course and defeat him. So Jesus had to pray to get through the attacks of the enemy and to fulfill his call and destiny. How many of you might agree with me if Jesus had to pray to get through the, and defeat the enemy, fulfill his destiny, then maybe, just maybe you and I need to pray. Jesus had to pray. God Himself had to pray. As a man, what this is saying, friends, is without this prayer life, we cannot make it. We cannot make it to where God wants to get us. We might still get saved, but we'll never be what God planned for our lives. So can I say growing in prayer is not an option. It's a divine necessity. We need to do this. Daniel 11:32. The people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. You know, I was telling our staff a while ago, your devotional life in prayer and in the Word is the core 
the inner core from which you operate. It's the inner core from which you function in God. So everything comes from that relationship with God. Everything comes from that, your inner being, your time in the Word, your time in prayer, maybe add fasting to that and worship, but it's, it's your inner core. It's from what you exist. So the, the stronger your inner core and walk with God, the better your life is gonna be. It's the core from which you exist. And so if this inner core is what it should be, then even in the greatest of trials, hear me well, you will still have peace, you will have, still have joy, you will still, have, you'll still love God, you'll come to a place of victory because this inner core is strong enough to deal with any opposition, anything the enemy throws at you. So what I'm saying to you today on in line every campus is develop the inner core. It's the a, it's a foundation of your life. The stronger that is, the better life will be. The stronger it is, you'll overcome the opposition and everything that comes against you. Develop the inner core. Develop that strength within your life. You know, some people can look bright and shiny on the outside. You know, massive biceps and thighs, you know, like mine. They're quite... As an Indian, they reckon I had big thighs. You know, broad shoulders, you know, massive, you know, people look fantastic on the outside. Who cares? I want to know what's on the inside. I want to know your spiritual strength. So what is your spiritual strength? Get it stronger. Get it stronger. Because you're going to need it. We're going to need it. Now, I was talking to our campus pastors a few weeks ago. And we came up with this thought that most Christians, they reckon, can't pray out loud in terms of conversation, like I'm saying, talking now, for five minutes nonstop. Like, my house should be called a house of prayer. But we can't pray in a conversational tone non-stop for five minutes. That's what they say. And I thought, that cannot be true. I said, we can talk to someone for half an hour on the phone or an hour, people who can't help us. So of course we can talk to God for the same amount of time. You've got all power to help us. I reckon the smart money is talk to God more than to people. Is that a good revelation? Because God can actually help you. A lot of people are just going to mess you up. <laughs> you know, talk to too many people. Oh, they will because the advice is not always that good. So anyway, you know, we all want those McDonald's prayer, you know, drive past and collect our miracle. <laughs> Put in the order, <laughs> drive past, collect miracle. I like those prayers. Oh, man, it was fantastic. But uh, so is it true? Is it really true most Christians can't pray nonstop for five minutes? So I was the campus pastor. We thought we better put this to the test. So let's all stand. We're going to put this to the test. So I want you to just talk. Before we start, just talk to the person next to you for 30 seconds in a conversational tone. Just say, hi, how are you? You're looking great. Come on, just talk to them. All right, okay. That's enough of that. I, I like the sound of that. I like that sound. So when we start to pray, 
I want to hear the same sound. I want to hear the same sound. Don't go quiet on me, folks, because otherwise it'll be proved that Christians can't pray nonstop for five minutes. But we're going to be gracious to you today. We're going to just do two minutes. Isn't that kind? Tell the person next to you, he's so kind. <laughs> two minutes, nonstop, in a conversational tone. You say, I don't know what to pray for. Pray for me. Pray for revival, pray for your family, pray for healing, pray for your kids to be saved, pray God's blessing on your finances, on your marriage, on your friendship. Hey, there's any number of things. So I think there's a stop timer, a timer gonna come up on the screen. It's gonna give us two minutes. Have we got that timer ready, guys? There it goes. Wait, wait, don't start it yet. Are you ready, folks? Got that conversational volume? Come on, let's prove the skeptics wrong. Let's show them Church Unlimited can pray. Conversational volume for two minutes. It's gonna, two minutes gonna take a long time, folks. But okay, you ready? Set. Campuses, you ready? Everyone standing up? Go, let's go. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, Lord, I cry out to you. Father, I pray right now, Father, for the rest of the service, Lord, that your mighty hand of blessing would rest upon the service. Lord, the touch of heaven, Lord, would be here. Lord, that we'd feel the weight of divine presence. Lord, the weight of divine presence would rest upon your servant. Lord, in the mighty name of Jesus, Lord, I pray for the saving Lord of many souls. Lord, salvation would flow by your spirit, by your power. God, give me freedom, give me liberty, give me a flow of the Spirit of God. Father, in the name of Jesus, Spirit of the Lord, Spirit of the Lord, I cry out to you. I cry out to you. Open up the heavens. Open up the heavens, God. Open up the heavens. Keep it conversational tone, folks. Don't go down. Conversation like you're talking to somebody. You're talking to God Himself. Come on, you've got one minute to go. Thank you, Lord. Father, we bless you. Lord, we exalt your name. Father, I give you glory. Pray in tongues if you need to. Spirit of the Lord, God, I pray for all my family. Pray for all my family, Lord, to be saved, everyone. Give it a bit more, give it a bit more. All my family, Lord, to be saved by the Spirit of God, by the power of God, by the anointing. Lord, open their blinded eyes to see. Let the light of the gospel shine. Come on, Lord, let the light of the gospel shine. Spirit of God, we worship you. We exalt you, God. I lift you to the highest place. I magnify your name. To God be the glory. Father, Father in heaven, open their blinded eyes to see. Lord, give us salt to find the spirit of blindness, unbelief, doubt, fear. Go, go, go. In the name of Jesus, by the power of God, by the Spirit of God, by the Holy Ghost, in the name of Jesus. Five, four, three, two, one. Come on, give the Lord a mighty hand. Stay standing, campuses. West was outstanding. I trust that you are great as well. But you know, one reason we struggle to pray is lack of language. We don't have language. There are some great prayers to use so what I've done for you today, I've personalized the Lord's Prayer. All right, I've personalized it, Matthew 6, 9 to 13. So we're gonna pray this prayer together, all right? It's personalized. So this is just one way of teaching you how to pray. I say, you ready for this? Okay, let's go. My Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give me this day my daily bread 
and forgive me my debts as I forgive my debtors. And do not lead me into temptation. That's good. But deliver me from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Isn't that a great prayer to pray? So if you're not good at praying, use that one, all right? There's another one going to come up right now, just so we can get good prayer. Now make this one a real prayer, all right? Here we go. The next one. Psalm 51, 1 to 2. This is a really good prayer. Okay, you ready? Let's go together. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy. Blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. That's a great prayer. You might want to make a note of that somewhere along the line. Now I'm going to go to something a bit different. One last one. Stand with me for one more minute. This is the prayer of John Wesley. All right, so you just got to let this one go deep in. It's a bit of a deep prayer. It's a deep prayer, but it's a good one. All right, you ready with this one? Let's go. Let's, we'll do it slowly, all right? Oh, merciful God, save me from the idolatry of loving the world. Take full possession of my heart. Raise there your throne and command there as you do in heaven. Being created by you, let me live to you. Being created for you, let me ever act for your glory. Being redeemed by you, let me render to you what is yours and let my spirit ever cleave to you alone. Do you like that prayer? Yeah. Isn't that a powerful prayer? Hey, you can be seated. Thank you, campuses. It's great. So language. Language. Go online and look up great prayers. A lot of champions of history had great prayers. That Some of them prayed a, a lot of uh, awesome prayers. I know some people who spent most of their prayer life just praying the promises of God. They just pray promise after promise. So if you want another way of praying, just get 20 promises from God and just, just read through them in your prayer time and use them as, as, as prayer. I mean, or find a good, some good uh, worship psalms and, and read through those. I mean, there's so many different ways you know, they say in prayer, everyone has to be an original. Yeah. I, like I was, don't copy someone else. Yeah. Be an original because it's you and God, yes. you know, and we're all different in the ways that we pray. And that's fine. We can all be different. And, uh, and so I think when you allow yourself to be who you are, it's a very powerful thing. And uh, so be an original. So prayer is a the supreme invitation and call to all of us. It's a supreme invitation and call. To answer prayer is a supreme promise. The supreme invitation God gives us above all else, obviously salvation first, but to pray. So it's a most wonderful invitation you can ever get, but it comes with the greatest promise of all, and that's to answer prayer. Now, the prayer may take time to be answered. And for, can I encourage some of you? Some of your prayers are going to be answered once you've gone to the grave. So, you know, it doesn't have to all happen on earth. Some of it's going to happen later. You don't want to get towards the end and say, oh, my prayers were not answered. No, 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 no. God answers some after we've passed on. You know, Daniel trusted God when he was thrown in the lion's den. And the question I want to ask, and he was protected. We know he was protected. So the question I want to ask is, how did Daniel learn 
to trust God and have faith in Him so that when you got into the lion's den, it was actually protected. Well, I believe that he learned to believe and trust in God, not in the lion's den, but in the prayer closet. Watch this. So a decree is made. And they say anyone who worships any other or prays to any other, anyone else except the king is going to be thrown into prison or thrown into the lion's den. So the decree's gone out. Daniel hears about it. Oh dear, he's probably thinking, oh my goodness, what am I going to do here? Probably a good warning, this scripture right here for us, isn't it? If you do A, B, and C, you're going to be in trouble. Daniel 6 verse 10, when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home and in his upper room, watch this, with his windows open toward Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since early days. I mean, you're talking about a champion here. You know, if you do this, buddy, then you're, you're in the lion's den. Windows open. He always had the open. So he didn't just close them up because the edict was out there. He thought, oh, no, I'm not compromising what my, my, my um, normal procedure is, the normal way that I pray. So he leaves the windows wide open and not prays just once that day, three times that day. And it said that he prayed that um, all the time. And so he did that. It was his custom from those early days. So his trust, I believe, and his faith in God was not built in the battle, but was built on his knees. Built on his knees. That's where he built his faith. That's where he built his trust in God. You want a strong faith in God? You build it on your knees. You want a strong faith in God as well? Trust in God? You build it on your knees. And the thing that we've got to note about Daniel is that you know, he prayed three times a day, day after day, week after week, month after month, and probably year after year. <clears throat> the reason we can lack faith and struggle is in, tri in trials is because we pray occasionally. It's not what we do occasionally that works, it's what we do consistently. Occasional prayers get occasional answers. Consistent prayers get consistent answers. If you pray consistently, you're gonna see answers all the time on a regular basis. They're gonna keep on coming. If you pray occasionally, then some way, someday, one time, somewhere, God may just come through for you. Occasional prayers get occasional answers. Become a consistent prayer and you will see consistent answers. I reckon, I believe we should see answers to prayer every day. Thank you for that one amen from Jody. I believe we should see answers to prayer every day. There's another message stirring in my heart right now, but I can't go there. But I'm just gonna make one statement. We'll probably come back to it at some stage in the near future. Is the time has come where we cannot continue to be satisfied with unanswered prayers. That has got to stop, friends. That has got to stop. Every promise in the Word of God says, call unto me and I'll answer thee. There's something that's got to shift in our spirits because if you're anything like me, I've accepted unanswered prayers for far too long. I don't know why I did it, 
but somehow it's a climate of the church. At Church Unlimited, across our campuses, we're about to change it. We're about to see answers come on a more regular basis because our faith is going to increase. Our faith is going to grow. We're going to believe when we pray, God hears and God answers. We may not get every answer all the time, but we'll get consistent answers on a regular basis. That's another message for another time. But that one gets me wound up. I heard this statement for some people here today, all of us. This person said, I don't go to prayer meetings. I am a prayer meeting. Hello? Am I talking to anybody in the house? Friends, I don't want to just go to prayer meetings. I want to be a prayer meeting. I want to pray nonstop, 24-7, day in and day out, crying out to God, calling upon the, the name of the Lord. You say, that's crazy. No, it's not crazy. The Bible says, pray without, pray without, well, get on with it. <laughs> hey, Andrew, that's what the Bible says. Can you please say a loud amen for me? Amen. Thank you. <laughs> on that basis, your salary will not go down. <laughs> See, he thought it was going to go up. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, we're too smart for that here. Anyway, thank you, Andrew. That was great. No, be a, be a prayer meeting. Yeah. Time is gone. I'm going to finish with this incredible testimony from Wellington. This lady says, I listen to Running With Fire on Rima Monday to Friday, like all of you do. Jesus, thank you, Lord. All the effort and time I put into that. wasting my time. Anyway, she listened. Thank you. She's an awesome lady. Um, and she said earlier this year, she even heard what I said and remembered it. She said earlier this year, I heard you say, if you only go to one church service a week, go to the prayer meeting. So on the 1st of February, I went along to our church prayer meeting. Haven't missed a meeting since. I also go to the Sunday services. Listen to this. I feel much more connected to the church since attending weekly prayer meeting. And great things have been happening in my life this year, which could be the result of my commitment to go to the prayer meeting. Wow. Changed her life. Changed her life. And she's seeing some, she began to pray consistently. So God do some consistent things in her life. You know, that prayer is the one religious work which gets done with the least enthusiasm. It must be one of the greatest tragedies of our time. The churches overall, I'm talking about body of Christ now, in the West, failure to pray as it should is one of the greatest tragedies on planet Earth today. But with God's help, you and I are going to change that. I believe, friends, that we've prayed and we've prayed. But God is saying it's time to take it to another level. And as we do, we're going to see the outbreak of God in far greater ways than we ever have. With God's help and our determination, we will pray 
more than ever before. One of the goals of this message and these messages on prayer is that, that you will grow in prayer and that our prayer meetings will increase in attendances here at West on Thursday night campuses, also a revival prayer meeting here on Thursday night as well, that it's going to grow. And as we increase in prayer, I believe that you're going to see God do things in your life more than ever before. We'll see things happen in our church and we'll see this nation and this city begin to turn to God. And that's our deepest prayer. And that's our cry. As we pray more, God's going to do more in your life, more in, our, your church, more in our church, across campuses, more in our city, and more in our nation. It's time to take prayer to another level in Jesus' name. Amen.